Hello and welcome to Financial Education for the Nation. My name is Warren Shute and today we're talking about risk. Risk, there's so many different types of risk in the world, but today we're talking about investment risk, investment risk for your portfolio. You know, the disclaimers you read, uh, investment returns are not guaranteed, your portfolio may go up and go down, you may not get the uh, return of your original investment, all that kind of things. So what is it? What is investment risk and how does it work? Um, it's such an important discussion point between the planner and the client because it's such an easy area that could potentially be misunderstood and it can go wrong. So when I'm communicating to a client about risk, what I'm really trying to do is step into their shoes and understand what they understand from risk, not what I want to tell them about risk. Because if I tell them something today, when they leave me in three months time or six months time or a year's time, they'll remember what risk means to them. They may not remember how I explain risk. And the challenge with risk typically is it's so relative or it's described in relative terms. So one thing of that is it's medium risk. What does that mean? Medium compared to what? Or that's high risk. High risk defined as how? What do you mean high? But we see these terms low, medium and high banded around without any underlying definition or clarification of what they mean. And that's what's so important to me is making sure it's defined and it's clear that medium risk to me may not be medium risk to you. That might actually be high risk because our definition, our understanding of risk comes from our own life experiences. So if we're a seasoned investor, we understand about investing, or I'm speaking to a commodities trader who may be um, very experienced in high risk activities, their definition of high risk might be completely off the ballpark to what mine is. So it's really trying to understand and have some kind of um, uh, clarity around what risk is and how it's defined for the individuals. So at Lexington Wealth, my financial planning firm, and also Lexo, which is the online investment site that we operate, we have three categories of risk. Low, medium, or high. So okay, that's quite clear so far. When I understand that, I did. what is low risk? Low risk is defined as cash or cash equivalent, where your capital can't fall in value other than the effects of inflation. Well, that, that's quite clear to understand. That's quite um, unambiguous. You can quite clearly define that as, okay, it's a, it's a bank account or it's a premium bonds, something along that nature. It's cash, cash equivalent, and it's not gonna go down in value other than the effects of inflation. What's medium risk? Well, medium risk, risk is where you invest the money and you'll see a fluctuation in that money, but it's invested in a collective investment. Now, of course, this is a wide band of investments. So this could be from a fairly cautious corporate bond fund to a small company's emerging market fund. So it's wide, but you know it's going to fluctuate and you know it's diversified. So technically you have low, medium, medium and high medium, but you know it's a variation. It's going to go up and down, but you're spreading your investment. So what's high? Anything else that's not defined as low or medium. So it's quite clear to define. So that would also include single company investments. It might include a single buy to let property. It might include um, speculating on cryptocurrency, um, uh, 
coin investment, gold investment, wine investment, art investment, anything else that's not defined as cash or cash equivalent or a collective fund investment. And I think it's really important to get that ballpark, that clarity down um, before you start the investment process with a client so you understand where we're starting from. And then we've got to say, well, okay, why are we taking any risk? So the first decision really is, why do we take any risk? You know, when we talk about five steps to the money plan, what's your outcome? Well, the outcome is, well, the question is, should I start with, why are we going to take any risk? Do we have enough capital so that we don't have to take investment risk? And if that's the case, ask yourself, why are you going to take any investment risk? What's the outcome? And for most of you watching, and certainly for myself, we don't have enough capital to fund our lifestyle. So that's why we take risk. And then we've got to decide, well, how much risk do I need to take? If we remember that risk and return are correlated, the more risk we take, the greater potential return we could expect. How much risk do I need to take in order to get the return that's necessary? Because taking risk is important for some people and it's necessary, but if you don't take risk, that's also a risk in itself. So if you have insufficient funds already accrued, uh, say for retirement, and you're being ultra cautious, you're being in cash, isn't that risk in itself that by not taking investment risk, you're not gonna have, or you're even less likely to have enough money at your retirement? Yeah, we, on a previous video, we looked at the difference between the world stock market and gold, and the difference in those two returns was basically 100%. Um, the world stock market was returning on average around 9% a year, and gold was doing around 5% a year. Now, that's going to make a big difference in your retirement portfolio. Um, from memory, it was something like 450% over a 33 and a half year period versus a 2,000% return. If you haven't seen that, um, go and watch that video as well. Something like why invest in gold. So, you know, not taking any any risk with your money is a risk in itself. But the ultimate challenger, the ultimate risk to your portfolio, is inflation. And it's something that a lot of us don't really take on board, and a lot of us don't really consider. But the ultimate attack on your portfolio along with fees is inflation because inflation is consistent and constant and it's one of those little things that constantly just eats away at your portfolio over time but you don't even know it you don't even really recognize or appreciate it but over time inflation will have a significant effect on your capital and your income and that's why we invest. That's why we get our clients to invest. Even if they are very cautious in their investment approach, we get them to take some equity exposure so they can hedge their portfolio against inflation so they can grow their portfolio so it gives them a return in addition to inflation so that they don't erode their money by inflation over time. So the two different types of investment risk that we as financial planners describe to our clients um, really come from volatility and loss. A pre-financial crisis, so pre-2007, okay, but they didn't come in, the legislation didn't come into a bit later, um, financial planners typically only discover, uh, discuss with their clients investment tolerance, or we would just call it investment risk, but really it's defined as investment tolerance. And that's how much can your portfolio go up and down 
over time before you begin to feel uncomfortable. You know, it goes up, we, we're pretty happy, but how much can it go down before we feel uncomfortable with it? And that was the main measure of investment risk pre-financial crisis. And that's something that is continued today and it's something in the forefront of a discussion with a client and generally is measured by either volatility, although volatility is not a great measure because a high volatility portfolio could be have high volatility whilst increasing in value, um, but it could also have a high volatility whilst decreasing value. So volatility isn't a great measure, but it is often one uh, used because it shows the extremes or the fluctuation in the portfolio. Uh, one that we use in the office is drawdown. So how much can your portfolio fall or retrace is a better word um, before it recovers again, um, before you begin to un feel uncomfortable. So we've often spoken there in, in, on these videos before that the typical stock market will um, retrace about 50% from a high to a low. So if you're 100% equity exposure, a 50% retracement. So that would be under the tolerance loss. The second um, characteristic or second definition of risk that we talk to clients about is capacity for loss. And capacity for loss is how much can your portfolio fall in value before it affects your lifestyle. So if you think about this slightly differently, how much can your investments fall in value? So this might be your pension fund before now it's going to affect your lifestyle, your income needs, your lifestyle needs. So it's slightly different. You know, you've got your tolerance, which is your, how much can it go up and down before I'm now emotionally affected by this. And then you look at your capacity, which is how much can it fall before, actually now it's making a difference on my, on my income that I draw on the bread and butter. And the capacity loss was a great introduction from the regulator, and you don't often see um, regulated individuals saying that, but it is true. It was a great addition to what we already did um, to get us to think about investment risk differently, and that's been with us since about 2007, 2008 maybe, um, along those sort of lines. So now when we look, talk to clients, we're looking at our tolerance for loss, which is the volatility uh, in a portfolio, and generally you could sum that up as your sleep well at night factor. So your portfolio is going up and your portfolio is going down. You know, are you still sleeping well at night or is that affecting you? Uh, and your second one is your capacity for investment loss. And that is how much can it fall before now it's affecting my lifestyle? And these two things could be different. They very, very much could be different. Um, your tolerance could be quite high. You, know, you might be quite an adventurous individual, but actually if your portfolio fell by 50%, well, that's gonna make a difference on my lifestyle. That's gonna mean that I can't afford the same lifestyle as I could previously or the lifestyle that I need to make. Um, or on the flip side, you might be an extremely wealthy individual or have a lot of money around you, so your capacity for loss could be significantly 50%. But actually, any fluctuation in that portfolio makes you feel uncomfortable. It really does. It makes you lose sleep at night. And if you have that much money and you can withstand that fall, then why would you take that unnecessary risk? Why would you take that risk in your portfolio? I would imagine for most of us um, listening to this recording, our capacity will be um, 
linked to the duration of our investment horizon. So if we've got lots of time, our capacity might be quite high. Um, whereas if we're nearing retirement, our capacity might be, and this is generalization because I don't know all of you, might be less because if we're relying on our pension to fund our retirement, that's where it would have an effect on it. But you can see the difference there. The tolerance really comes down to often our investment experience, because if we've had a good investment experience, we've seen our portfolio fluctuate in value and we've noticed that actually more often than not, it does recover, then um, we probably are a little bit more tolerant to investment volatility um, and our tolerance will be slightly higher. Whereas if we've never really invested before and we're used to either bricks and mortar or cash um, in the bank, seeing your portfolio change in value can make things a little bit uncomfortable. Um, so, you know, that's how it sort of pans out. So how we calculate investment risk, uh, investment tolerance with our clients at Lexington is typically it starts with a risk profile questionnaire. Now the risk profile questionnaire we use is a one called Finometrica. Finometrica was devised by the University of New South Wales and is a psychometric questionnaire and it's used by many thousands of individuals around the world and is reported to be probably one of the leading risk profile questionnaires that are out there available on the market. Uh, we've been using it now for, do you know what, it's an interesting one, I think about things, I always relate it back to my children's ages. So I was gonna say 10 years, but then I realized my son's 14. So it's probably knocking off 15 years that I've been using Finometrica. Um, and we use it once a year with our clients typically, get them to update it and it's fantastic. And you can actually do one yourself um, on the site warrenshoot.com. You can download the form or even complete it online and get your own Finometrica risk profile report. And if you have any money invested or you're considering investing any money, I really urge you to do that. I think it'd be a great addition for you to do because you're getting a industry leading risk profile questionnaire in your front room. Um, and it really asks you some good questions and looks at things differently. Um, the, the, the profile produces a great report which really looks at different areas. And as with all psychometric questionnaires, they ask you questions in different ways so that you can't sort of second guess it. Um, but it does work out to be really good. Once we get the report, we're then looking at the current portfolio or the proposed portfolio. So the report will give us um, part of the journey and it will, it will guide us to some recommended portfolios. And then we look at the portfolio that either you're in already, or if it's a new investment, the portfolio that you wanted to go into, and we see if they match up. Now, even if they do match up, there's gotta be a sanity check, a reality check, a conversation piece around this portfolio and about this, this risk. We can't really just go from a questionnaire and just assume that questionnaire is right for every single person that fills it in. It might not be. The questionnaire is a great method of asking a um, systematic way of questions. And there's a short and a long version. We always do the long version because um, we want to be more comprehensive. This is such an important subject. So it's a great way of going through a systematic way of asking all these questions, but we then have to marry that up with the portfolio. And then we have to look at the portfolio and look at how that portfolio has performed in the past, not on returns, but on risk. How's the volatility been? How's the drawdown been? So that, that's how we do tolerance. And then we come to a conclusion between the two. Um, when we do capacity for loss, that's slightly more difficult without financial planning software. Okay, we have a piece of financial planning software called Truth or Presswood, 
It's the same piece of software, has two names. I think it's got, it comes around about the truth about money. Um, it's Presswood, and that financial planning questionnaire will forecast where you are today, every single year, all the way through to a predefined age in the future. Now we use age 100 for people who are maybe 30 years plus, but youngsters coming through the door now, we might use 110. Now that might seem a little extreme on some cases, but uh, when I listen to some stories about um, Google having research into genome therapy and extending life and this that and the other you know our job is to ensure that the client never runs out of money has a good financial experience and they will never run out of money so if i am cutting that short in any way then i'm not fulfilling my objectives and actuarial dates of death i think it's about 88 for a male are that average eight um, dates of death uh, ages of death and you may not be average, so it's pointless looking at it. My dad's still going strong at 94, so um, it's just a you know proof that if we used our 88 as an average for him when doing financial planning, um, he'd be out of money, what, six years ago, so um, he wouldn't be happy with his financial planner. So doing capacity loss is slightly more difficult without the software, but one thing you can do is remember that a portfolio fully invested in stocks is likely to retrace 50%, 5-0, okay, and take 10 years to recover. So if you are within 10 years of retirement and you are 100% invested in stocks, it's likely that your portfolio will retrace 50% and not fully recover by the time you reach your retirement age, or should I say your vesting age, the day you want to access this money. Now, if that's going to affect your income, because that is your main source of income, your capacity for loss is obviously less than 50%, because you couldn't withstand that fall. Um, on the same breath, if you are more than 10 years from retirement, and you possibly have other forms of income in retirement, a 50% fall in your portfolio is likely to recover before you reach retirement, so your capacity for loss could be 50%. Now I can't say will be 50% because I don't know your whole situation, everything else, it's too difficult to do that. But to give you some kind of guidance on how this thing works, that is a fairly accurate measure of how you would do this. So if you're 100% invested in the portfolio in the stock market, you can expect it to fall 50% and take about 10 years to recover. So if you're in the last 10 years to retirement, before you access this money or 10 years before you want to draw on this money and your portfolio fell 50 percent it's unlikely to recover if that's going to affect your income i.e if you're relying on that full income then 50 percent is too much you need to reduce it so let's look at 60 percent stock market which would be a typical balanced or middle of the ground portfolio um 60 stock market uh, exposure we could expect it to retrace about 30 percent so half of the stock market exposure Okay, it always retraces about half the stock market exposure. So 30% fall, 30% fall taking 10 years to recover. You might think, well, actually, I don't want a 30% reduction in my income and retirement. But if I did have a 30% reduction in my income and retirement, I could still pay my bills, go on the holidays that I want to, and enjoy my lifestyle. Yes, admittedly, the full pension would be more advantageous, but I'm accepting investment risk, and that is a portion of educated, calculated risk that I'm willing to take. So that's how we would um, do it for that, to make sure that you really understand if you portfolio were to reduce and take that time to recover, is it going to affect you? And typically that 10 years is not too far away 
from historical averages. So more than 10 years, it's likely you can accept more capacity for loss for your pensions or retirement income. When you're in the last 10 years to retirement, that's when the capacity really um, takes a bit more uh, focus. Okay, so let's kind of bring this all together. Some real meaty subjects, lots of um, varying parts. It can be a bit confusing. And the whole idea of financial education for nation is to make things simple and clear, okay? So there's two risk profiles. One is your tolerance, your sleep well at night factor. How much can your portfolio go down before you start feeling those butterflies, start questioning your process, feeling uncomfortable? That's a figure, it's a percentage. How much can your money go down before you feel uncomfortable? Write that down. Then you have your capacity for loss. How much can your portfolio fall in value before it now affects your lifestyle? So if you've got more than 10 years to retirement, that's likely to be higher because it's more likely to recover. So this isn't do you want it or will it accept it, but until it affects your lifestyle. So write that down. If you're in the last 10 years to retirement, that might be lower. It might be lower because you're re uh, relying on this money for your income in retirement. Okay, write that figure down. So you've got these two figures here. Then you look at a portfolio that you're either currently invested in or that you are deciding to invest in. How much stock market exposure does it have around the world? Add all that up, divide it by two. That is gonna give you some kind of guide to your risk, your downside risk on this portfolio. So if you add it all up and it comes to 80%, you divide it by two, gives you 40%. That portfolio is likely to retrace or fall about 40% before it recovers. Um, so give this some thought. Is that in your remit? Is that where you're sort of looking at um, for your portfolio risk? As a general rule of thumb, if you have more than 10 years to retirement, so if you are, let's say for example, if you're younger than say 55, because most people are gonna retire 65, 67, if you have more than 10 years to retirement, most people give more weighting to investment tolerance because that's the up and down in the portfolio. If you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, or early 50s, we want you to stay invested. It's more important you stay invested and it's not really going to affect your lifestyle. If your portfolio halves in value and then recovers, you've not really you know, affected your lifestyle at all because it's recovered in value. But we want you to stay invested. If you don't stay invested, then you lose. You crystallize those losses. So you more than 10 years to retirement, we tend to give more weighting to investment tolerance. In the last 10 years retirement, it's your capacity for loss that really um, guides it because you don't have time on your side to allow the portfolio to recover. So we're really looking to ensure we don't realize losses um, in the last 10 years that you can't afford to withstand. Um, as a great rule of thumb, and I mentioned it in my book, The Money Plan, it is a rule of thumb, so don't take it as a gospel, but it's a really good guide for um, people to follow, um, is the 100 minus your age, and have that amount in equities. So if you're in your 20s, 100 minus 20 is 80. You have about 80% of the portfolio in equities, the balance in fixed interest. As you approach, you come into your 50s, so 100 minus 50, you have 50% of your portfolio in equities. Okay, but look at it when you're in your 80s. So you're 80, 100 minus your age is 20. You still have 20% of your portfolio in equities. And that links us back to the beginning 
when we spoke about one of the biggest risks to your portfolio is inflation, folks. And it's equities that are going to give you the return in excess of inflation to keep your money growing over time. So although in your 80s you don't have time to recover losses, your capacity for loss is likely to be a lot lower, you still need some equity exposure to ensure your portfolio is keeping in line with inflation. But it, there is no absolute answer. There is no right or wrong. We are human beings. We make investment decisions based on our emotion. We try to justify it with logic. Um, and our decision-making process generally comes from our experience. So what we've experienced in the past. Um, the right decision you, the decision you make today may not be the right decision in three, four, five years. So it's an ongoing process. Keep this evaluated. Make decisions based on your strategy, your picture, your financial plan, your investment statement, rather than the economic conditions around us. You know, you should be making long-term decisions when it comes to your money, as opposed to micro decisions, Brexit, Trump, Conservative Labour, that kind of thing. It's more, okay, I've got 20 years to retire, and Warren showed me all the research shows that the best investment experience is in equities. Um, my risk tolerance is 50%. My capacity, got 20 years, is 50%. So I'm going to put a lot more of the money um, in equities. And you might even go to the stage of saying, well, okay, I'm 30 years old, 100 minus 30, 70%. 70%, okay, can fall about 35, half of the equity component. That seems about right. Have a look at it. And then put the percentages into pounds amount. So a 50% fall in your portfolio would equal X amount of pounds. How does that make you feel if your statement was lower? Because we want you to stay invested, folks. We want you to stay invested in the market. And if that means you've only got 20% in the stock market, 40% in the stock market, or 80% in the stock market, it doesn't matter. But you've got to stay invested to get the upside. And you'll ride out the downside. Remember, um, try and focus on index funds as opposed to actively managed funds because we remove a layer of complexity charges and discretion so a fund manager's decision making process um, and stay invested for long term take this seriously take your own advice don't take this as a recommendation it is not a recommendation whatsoever it's really for you to get in and dig deeper and um, if you have any questions please message me very happy to answer them and um, try out that Finometria risk profile questionnaire uh, i think you'll think it's very good and you'll enjoy it. it'll give you a lot of insight as well it's very well put together um, my name's been Warren Shute. This has been Financial Education for the Nation. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. And until next time, take care.